Hey, welcome back to our four-week series on unconventional health and wellness, functional medicine, fitness, and beauty. This week, you get to meet and hear from and learn from the amazing holistic beauty coach, Amanda Porta. She's known as the holistic beauty coach on social media, and she blends her love of aesthetics and natural health to help her clients achieve optimal results. Amanda has worked in many areas of the beauty industry for over 20 years and has used her wisdom to help women through the breast explant process after going through it herself. And she has helped thousands of women globally and inspires them by teaching them to live more holistically. Amanda has appeared on Cairo TV, K-I-R-O TV, and KTLA Channel 5, as well as contributed to the podcast, Ancient Health Podcast by Dr. Josh Axe. That's pretty impressive. The Way Forward with Alex Zek, Catherine Zen for Real, Awakening with Allie, and many, many more. Now be you. She's also written articles for and been interviewed by Hair Therapy, Ask Us Beauty, and Evie Magazine. You are going to love this. We talk all things beauty and we get really real behind the scenes with someone who knows what she's talking about. So this isn't about anti-aging. This is about aging with grace and beauty and treating our skin and our body with so much love while using cutting edge science and in ways that you probably won't hear from your doctor or from your esthetician. And you definitely won't be reading it in your average magazine. Amanda was so helpful to me when I was going through the process of taking removing my breast implants. And I've learned so much more from her far beyond that about beauty, aesthetics, and how we can do so much of this, just working with what we already have and doing it naturally. So enjoy this time with the holistic beauty coach, Amanda Porta. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, I am here with Amanda, the holistic beauty coach, Amanda Porta, who's become, I would say, a friend of mine. We've been communicating for a couple of years now, before, during, and after my breast, I always say breast explant, but that always sounds funny. It's my breast implant explant. (laughs) The explantation of my breast augmentation, my breast implants. And I'm just so happy to have you here in general, but especially for this health and wellness, 
biohacking alternative healing month of January, this series. So welcome to BU Podcast. Love it. And so glad that we're finally chatting. I know. Oh, I just want to, I don't like the term pick your brain, but I want to like pick your brain. I have so many things I want you to share and I'm going to learn along with everyone, but I have been following you for a while. And I just wanted to tell you, I'm so grateful that you're such a pioneer and you're out there sharing information that a lot of people might know, but they're not willing to share. And other people don't know because they're not willing to do the work to discover the truth. And you were super helpful to me and I've recommended you to others. And I just love what you're up to in this world. So under this umbrella of, I mean, I don't even like calling it alternative healing because it's really just healing that a lot of people don't know about, but I'm calling this month, a series, you know, biohacking, alternative healing, health and wellness. You know, you and I went back and forth about all the things that we could be talking about with our listeners today. And I mean, there's so much, but I know you feel really passionate about a few specific topics because they're not being talked about and women deserve to know about them. And I also want to make sure that we do hit on um, lymphatics because you really opened up my eyes to the importance of that. But I'm going to let you introduce yourself. And I mean, they've heard about you, but just tell tell us a little bit more about who you are and what your passion is in this world. And then we'll just get into whatever you're willing to share. Oh, I love it. Thank you for the nice intro, Jill. I have worked in the beauty industry for over 20 years, started in the day spa industry, and that I was still utilizing my love of natural beauty. You know, I had watched my mother over the years, who is still at 80, just absolutely breathtaking. She looks like Jacqueline Smith from Charlie's Angels. And uh, she's never done a thing, always really pushed great eating. You know, I am part of an Italian family. We had, you know, five course Italian meals every night growing up. It was all about supplementation. And she was really ahead of her time, I would say. And, you know, growing up in California and Santa Cruz at the beach, our weekend house, you know, it was very much kind of just like that whole, you know, California healthy vibe. So that's how I grew up. And, you know, I noticed working in the day spa industry, I worked at a sweet little neighborhood day spa that was the top day spa in our area. All the women would come in for my natural beauty tips. And it was just really fun. And I realized how much they appreciated that. But ironically, at the same time, we were really starting to see and I was like Botox was just getting popular. So we're talking like this is the early, early 2000s. And one idea I had was to have a plastic surgeon come in and do a Botox night at the spa, right? You see that a lot now, but this was kind of a new thing back then. And the women loved it. You know, we would it would be like a little open house and so forth. And the plastic surgeon, I really liked a Russian plastic surgeon female And, you know, she was very talented, perfectionist, and she did beautiful work. And I really wanted to start helping her. I said, you know, you have so much to offer in the world. How can I help you build your business? And that's where I really thrive. I've always come into businesses and really kind of turned things around. I've gotten awards for turning sales around in a short amount of time. And I just really look at it as a challenge. So long story short, I started working for a facial plastic surgeon. Around the same time, I decided to get breast implants. And it was not something that I did a lot of research on. 
I did it because I had a minor breast deformity. And to me, even though maybe not noticeable to others, it bothered me. I tried a surgery first to correct it and it didn't work. So then, of course, they say, well, we can put a breast implant in. And I really thought about that because, you know, having just been used to natural, I thought, how's that going to feel to look down in the shower and see two things that don't really belong there? But I did it reluctantly because I just wanted to be normal, look normal, didn't do any research. I was 20 something and thought I was an invincible. Even if you had told me at the time, these can cause autoimmune issues and hormonal disruption, I would have told you, oh, don't have any history of that in my family. I'm great. I had lots of girlfriends who had them. So they were fine. But again, we were so young. We were in our 20s then. And my feeling on breast implants, Botox, any of these things that we're adding to our bodies, they're all toxins. And we all have our toxic bucket, if you will. And once that toxic bucket is gets too full, you are going to run into problems. But we're all different. You know, I have two strains of the MTHFR gene, which makes detoxing a little more difficult. I never did detoxing when I was younger. So I would say that the breast implants were definitely my kryptonite, if you will. But at the same time, I had also added Botox. You know, because now I was working for this facial plastic surgeon who, when I was 28, said, well, you really should use some Botox in your forehead. Jill, I didn't need Botox at 28. And it's still my feeling that that's way too young to even make those decisions because we just don't know. So the fact, too, that we're seeing now girls at 18 do this as a preventative measure. You're kidding me. Oh, no. I mean, you know, I and again, I'm not pointing people out, you know, a lot because of Kylie Jenner's transformation. When she was about 18, a lot of girls look up to her. And I'm not pointing fingers at her. I think that she's having a lot of revelations now that she's a mother. She just announced that she kind of had regretted the decision of getting breast implants. Interesting. Commendable for her to say and speak out and say. But so, yeah, I'm even speaking to teens now just about these things because I don't want them to feel the societal pressure, the pressure that we see from social media. There's this extreme look that we've seen the last few years. And it's like over the top brows, over the top cheeks, breasts, butts, lips. And you do start to really lose sight. I think it's an issue that happened. I saw it with the women with breast implants. Like once you get them, oh, that's not enough. I need to go bigger, bigger. And I don't think they even see anymore what it looks like to others, you know, the lips, the cheeks. And I just thought, okay, I'm in Beverly Hills anyway. This is the beauty capital of the world. Why are we pushing this one kind of beauty when we should actually be celebrating all kinds of beauty, holistic beauty, multicultural beauties? You know, why are we all looking at this one kind of beauty? And I wanted to support women too who want that more natural look. We all want to look great. And so that's kind of where I am now after having removed my breast implants, I gave up Botox and never really did any filler. And I just wanted to be kind of a support or a, I guess, an inspiration for women who have decided now for whatever reason, whether it be a health crisis, whether it just be what, you know, how they want to look, that they want to be natural and that 
you can be natural. And I think actually you can have better results than all of the lasers and peels and medical grade skincare that did not work for me over the years. It only aged me. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in that for one second because I want to go back to what you said about this look in the United States that we're seeing now with these girls. It's like, they're all starting to look the same and not just girls, these women. Like I will admit, I love watching the Housewife shows. Not all of them, but the, the Beverly Hills franchise and the New York are my favorites. And I watched the Miami a little bit. The rest, not so much. But even on social media, I just I just said this yesterday, Amanda. These women in their, let's, I'm just going to say probably in their 40s. Beautiful. It doesn't matter if they are or aren't, but the ones I'm talking about are, are in my opinion, beautiful. But they do so much to themselves that they all look the same. They all start looking the same. And I'm like, do you go into an office and just say, give me the look? Because the popular look now is obvious. Like it's extreme teeth, extreme Botox filler, the eyebrows, like you said, you know, the breasts, all of it. And as you said, you're not judging them. I'm not judging them. I mean, I would be a hypocrite if I said I don't want to do something, right? I have lash extensions on right now. Like you're seeing me in my, in my, what I slept in. And I, but it's not like I walk into the grocery store like naked. I clearly do things to try to look better. So no judgment, but it is an interesting thing to observe and at least talk about. Let's just discuss it. You know, it's it, we've always been doing these things. We adorn ourselves. We put makeup on. Women do that culturally every in almost every culture, right? But when it's to the point where it could harm your health for life and it could kill you or it could put you in danger of things that you have no idea could be on your radar, that's when I start getting really concerned. Besides the psychological effect of... I hate the way I look so much, I have to completely alter my entire body. That's different from, hey, I might want to do a little tweak here and there, et cetera. So you can tell me if you have any thoughts on that before we go into, I'm really excited to get into the next part. Well, I just want to make that really clear for anybody who's wondering, you know, I'm not here. It would never be my place anyway. I'm trying to get breast implants off the market. I'm not trying to ban Botox. I'm saying that when I woke up to this, after having been sick for seven and a half years, and actually had my peers lie to me and say that there was no illness associated with breast implants, which is just absolutely not the truth. It would have saved me a couple of years of illness. Finding all of these women in these support groups, hundreds of thousands, by the way, I just felt like I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I didn't share. And again, if it helps, if it helped one person, I was going to be happy. If I could support more women... I am happy. I'm not doing it to scare anyone. And quite frankly, when you're young, like I said, you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. And you should. That's the journey of your life. Um, I'm not criticizing them for doing it. I'm not acting like I'm better than anyone. I'm just sharing my wisdom. And I know that it's helping women because women DM me every day. Yeah. And as you said, it's just about informed consent. I, I know people, there's someone pretty well known, not like in Hollywood standards, but in the world that I'm more involved in with personal development and coaching on Instagram, enormous following, lots of people follow her. And she messaged me and said, hey, someone shared your episode with me and I have had implants for a long time and I have no symptoms and I've, I really don't think I'll ever get sick. But I just realized they're not me anymore. But what I'm afraid of is a lot of women have told me that after after expat, they don't like the way their breasts look. Right. And I said to her, well, first of all, that's a separate conversation. There are all kinds of things you can do 
to in, to improve, if that's the right word, the shape and et cetera of them after explant. But but here you are, this big personal development, genuine coach. She's not one of the self-proclaimed, you know, she's, she's freaking good. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that they are not you anymore. And then you're saying, but afterwards. Right. That's how, how the deep the programming goes. She's like, they're not me anymore. I felt pressured to get them in my 20s so that I could be a model. And I... They're not me anymore. And I don't want, I'm like, why are you not taking them out? I just did a little coaching myself with her. And I will say that I'm glad that you're one of the people who is at least informing women. What they do with that information is up to them. But there are so many women you and I both know in our personal lives who still have the implants. And I think there are two fears going on and I get it. They're real. One, I like the way they look with them. I mean, I joke. I should just love my breasts no matter what. But I'm going to be honest. With my implants, they were amazing. Like, I didn't look fake. I nursed three babies with implants. Maybe that wasn't good for my kids. I don't know. But because of that, they looked really natural. And they looked amazing. I have like a picture, one saved of my phone still of me in a bathing suit. And I was like, man, they looked amazing. So there's one thing. Like, I don't want to get rid of them because of that. The other is, you know, what will they look like afterwards? I get that. But at least you are out there saying, do whatever you want, but I'm not going to keep information from you. You may not feel sick. You may not ever have a symptom, but guess what? If you start having autoimmune symptoms 10, 15, 20 years from now, which you know I did, I had no symptoms for about 20 years, you just might want to look in that direction. So thank you for that because there are doctors in my own town still saying, Amanda, a very well-known plastic surgeon in my city, tells people in his office, I've heard him say this because I've been pretty public, about this. Mm -hmm. It's not true. There's zero science connecting these symptoms and there's no such thing as breast implant illness. I know. I know. And you know, like I always tell them, just be transparent. The way that they're speaking, these surgeons about women, and I know because they spoke to me that way when I went on my first three consults and they said, Amanda, these women are crazy. Do not listen to them. This is a social media phenomena. It isn't real. We're not even going to... They told me this. I almost got in a fight (laughs) with one of them in their office. He said, I'm not going to remove them because this is not your problem. And I said, how about just the fact I want you to remove them because I just don't like them anymore. So now I'm chronically ill for seven and a half years feeling like I'm going to die. I mean, that's literally what I felt like day in and day out. I finally... I I use this uh, analogy like... It's like seeing a glimmer of hope. Let's say, and this is a terrible thought, but you're being held in someone's basement, okay? And you've been there for years. And you're like, I'm never going to get out. There's no way I'm ever going to get out. I'm never going to see the light of day again. I'm never going to see my family again. And you see a little crack in a door and some light coming in. That's how I felt when I started putting the puzzle pieces together that it could be my breast implants. I never thought I was going to get better. I, I didn't know what even had happened. I thought maybe I had ingested something. I thought it was toxic mold. I had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. I didn't have any more to spend on it. And I just thought, I'm just going to spend as much time with my family because I don't know how much time I have left. And I saw that little glimmer of light. Oh boy, I was getting out of that place. Because you know me as a Scorpio like you. Oh yeah, I'm the most determined person you will ever meet and I don't give up. I'll be the type who's crawling across the desert but I'm going to still make it to that finish line. Yes. And so when they were telling me, we're not going to take them out, it was the creepiest thing. I want to use the word creepy. I thought it was very strange that I now put these in from my own accord, but now to take them out, 
people were like arguing with me about it and basically wanting to force me to keep these in. It was so strange. And it took, I, I finally had the fourth surgeon because I had been on my hands and knees. Just I was praying on my bedroom floor in the end. I said, God, if you will find me a surgeon who will remove these, I, I will spread your word. I will help other women just protect me and my family and keep a roof over my head. And I've never let him down and he hasn't let me down so far. Mm. Okay. So even though we could do, oh my gosh, hours on breast implants, but (laughs) I do want to now let's switch to what are you doing now? Like, I love the work that you're doing now. It's interesting because your, your name on Instagram, the holistic beauty coach is more appropriate now with the work you're doing now, in my opinion, than when I first met you. I mean, I love that you're not saying, let's not focus on looking beautiful or wanting to age gracefully. You're not saying that. You're saying, let's do it naturally. And so I'm going to let you just share away. There's so much you have to share. Well, yeah. And so I actually had a different name on Instagram when I began, and it was really focused just around explanting. And then a few people said to me, they said, well, Amanda, we don't want to, because I am have connections and news and we were getting some good stories out there. And like, we don't want to think about explanting every time we see you. (laughs) And I thought, you know what, I should open up and, you know, broaden my scope. And then when COVID started and all of this, I started posting about truths that I was waking up to, like all of the horrible ingredients that the FDA approves in like children's cereals and foods and people are really resonating with it. And that's how I really got my following. Um, it's one of the biggest accounts for breast implant illness. But I talk about so much more. So I thought, well, Amanda, you know, you've always loved natural beauty and push that. These women, when you get your breast implants out, I think you would agree, you just want to start living a more non-toxic lifestyle with what we're putting in our bodies for food, for water, the products that we're using. Now we're more aware of like all of these forever chemicals that are in some of our favorite beauty products, even in our workout clothes that we didn't even know about before, right? And you're sweating and your body is absorbing these toxic chemicals. We would have never known all of this before. And everyone's really waking up to it. So I thought, I'll speak about it. In doing so, though, I really got marked on Instagram as like enemy number one. They have done everything they can to block my account, shadow ban me. I was at one point losing almost 100 followers a day when the FDA announcement came out about squamous cell carcinoma being connected with a woman who had breast implants in September of 2022. I got a message saying that my account was now shadow banned for 90 days or restricted. But yet they've never even sent me anything that I've posted that's not true. Yeah. I don't post. I only post like articles or quotes yeah. or stories of these women. And and they announced that the morning of Queen Elizabeth's death. So you there was no coverage for the FDA. It's the most important announcement you could hear, especially for women who have used breast implants for reconstruction after breast cancer. And all we could see that day was the Queen Elizabeth stuff. So when you start seeing how like all of this plays together, I mean, it's so deeply disturbing. But like I said, I knew that I had a mission and I felt like God was going to protect me. So I'm just going to keep talking about it. It's helping a lot of people. And um, so I thought, you know, these women, we all want to look great still. 
but let's start really thinking about all of these things that we've been sold over the years. So for me, working in the industry as long as I have, I had the ability to get Botox anytime, filler anytime, medical grade skincare products that are very expensive, right? Lasers, peels. From the best in the world too, not just Sally down in the strip mall. Like you had the ability to have it look as good as it could look. No, and I worked with some really amazing practitioners. I will tell you that over the years, perfectionists, because I would never want to be a patient care coordinator for somebody who wasn't great because then you're dealing with the upset patients all the time. So I I only like to go to the best. So I only wanted to work with the best. And what I noticed, especially with other women that I knew who started in the industry at the same time, they were doing everything they could because they were getting it for free in some instances, laser, chemical peels. And when you looked at me, I never abused it. I did Botox. I admit that for you know about 20 years, never really anything else. They started looking really weird over the years. And people would say like, have you seen so-and-so lately? I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen her in a while. Like, what is going on with her face? You know, and I'm like, oh, the extreme stuff, that does not look good. There was a dermatologist in my area who's very highly regarded around the country. It started looking like she was wearing a mask. She had no pores anymore. Like, I was like, that's too extreme. Is that because they've done so much damage and because of possible like scar tissue underneath? Is that why? Yeah, and inflammation. So Mm. what I noticed is when I went off all the medical grade skin products that we were using, and I met this amazing, she's who inspired me, Pamela Bond, the first holistic facialist I went to in 2001 and started using, you know, more scent because I'm sensitive. And so my skin was starting to look better. Didn't do all the peels. If I wanted to do a peel once in a while, I'd do like a lactic acid peel, like something that was more like gentler on the skin. Laser, I did do laser, um, a, a few IPL, and I did it for melasma. But see, again, now, you know, melasma, when they can get it when they're pregnant, it's really a manifestation of an imbalance going on within the body. And now I know that it probably came from being on the birth control pill, sun exposure. And then when it really came out was with the breast implants. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like I have chills right now. The person who messaged me on Instagram about the implants has melasma and openly talks about it and she has implants. Yeah. And it's an imbalance of the immune, nervous, and endocrine system. And we know that breast implants lower your immune system. I found an article from the New York Times from 1993 saying that they irritate the immune system. So we've known that that's clearly what happened to me because my body was just going haywire. And it also disrupts your hormones. And so, but at the time, I wish I had known that because there are natural things that you can try, not saying everybody's melasma, you know, there are different depths of it. Some women you'll see after pregnancy, it just goes away. I had it all over my face. I did do fraxel laser at the time because I like everyone, I get it. It's like everybody wants the quick fix. And I just want to share with people just so they know there are other options Will they maybe take a little bit longer to get the results? Yes. But you're not doing something else to create another problem, I guess. Right? So I'm saying like, so getting the breast implants while it solved this problem of making me more secure because of my issue, it caused the melasma. It caused me to get seven, sick for seven and a half years. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like you can fix one problem, but then it can cause another problem. And I think some of us, 
I've never done any of that on my face, but I think that some people don't want the quick fix. They're being told that's the only way. That's the only thing that's going to work. Like you can't just wash your face. Like that's not going to work. So they're they're just looking for anything and they're going to what they consider experts. I do want to go back to something though, because there's something that you and I kind of take for granted. When you talked about like all of the different chemicals that are in products, like you might be surprised how many women are still using that stuff. Like no, I don't want anyone to feel that I'm talking down to them. My gosh, I have so much to learn about, so much. In this area, I only can say that I do well in this area because someone woke me up. Like 15 years ago, someone taught me about that. So I haven't been cleaning with chemicals in my home. I clean with thieves oil and water, my whole house, for 15 years. And I haven't used perfume in 15 years. And I haven't used any chemicals in my beauty products products or deodorant or anything in 15 years. But But I am shocked at how many women still do and they have no idea. So could you just quickly just touch on that or maybe mention something about uh, just that whole topic? I think. No, and I think that like you said, it took somebody waking you up 15 years ago. You have to go through an experience in order to learn. We're not expecting that everyone just needs to know that. And I hope I'm never talking down to anybody either. I'm being, I think, as candid and open as I can saying, I haven't done everything right. (laughs) I wasn't always eating well. In fact, now I cook for myself. Now I'm eating really well. But when you're young and you're working and you're single, of course, I was eating, who knows, fast food, garbage at some point. It's just like anybody else. But it had to take me getting to this point of feeling like I was going to die to change my tune. So we all have to start somewhere. But it was interesting. One of the first people I hired when I was really sick, couldn't figure it out because the Western medicine docs clearly didn't get it started on my kind of Eastern medicine route. I hired this woman I, and I paid her a good amount of money to just kind of start teaching me how to live a more clean life. She's the one who taught me about deodorant. She's the one who taught me about our water and filtering it and drinking better water. She'd always would say like, take very gingerly showers and use a filter. And I'd be like, but why? Well, because our skin is our largest organ and you're soaking in. And I didn't know all the chemicals that are in city water. Yes. Let's pause there. So with showers, that's one thing that blew me away when this doctor that I met who studied holistic and integrative before it was cool, before anybody knew about it. She's the one who said to me, it's interesting, Jill, you're drinking filtered water, but yet you're taking long, hot showers and just a shower of chemicals. I was like, I didn't even think about it. She goes, and not only is your skin your largest organ, Jill, you're opening everything up in that hot shower and basically saying, come on in chemicals. I had no idea. So there is a simple water filter on even Amazon. Is there a certain water filter you recommend if someone wants one for their shower? Yeah, I was using Aquafina and I liked that one for a long time. And then Jolie, J-O-L-I-E. For the shower? Yeah, they just reached out to me and they sent me one. And I have to say, and I've been talking to a lot of other influencers who use it, that our skin and our hair feels better than ever. Because my hair was what took the biggest beating when I was sick. You know, uh, many people, it shows in our skin. That's why when we see rosacea or we see melasma or we see acne, those are red flags of some imbalance in your body. Mm Mm-hmm. And you may not see anything, right? You may see nothing, but you're just still taking all these chemicals in. That's the brand that our naturopath recommended for my girls, and they have that. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I've really been liking it so far. But Right, but that's what I'm saying. But like, we all have to teach each other. 
and look out for one another. But see, like when I had cystic acne as a teenager, and it was the kind you couldn't even see, it would just be so painful and awful. That it was digestive issues. You know, we take on our mother's digestive issues. And my mom has had, I think, absorption problems over the years. She's really tiny, has a hard time gaining weight. Now, would I have thought in my teens, though, heal your gut or address that? Of course not. So then you're using all these other products that you're buying at the pharmacy, at the drugstore that have all these chemicals in them that might be drying it out and quickly helping you. Or the Accutane. Don't even get me started on that. Oh, geez. I know. So body products, makeup, all that. You, you like me, recommend no chemicals, not, no fragrance, anything like that in any of those things. No. And I mean, again, we're all just figuring it out. Do I have like one perfect line to recommend? No. I'm trying to figure out lines that I like that work for me too. But I just want to say like symptoms are our friends. So like I said, whether it's a skin issue, whether it's a symptom that we have, that's just our body saying to us, hey, we're letting you know that this is going on so you can correct it and balance it again. Because the human body just wants to be in homeostasis. It just wants to be balanced. That's why when I got my implants out, I didn't even do like a fancy fancy detox plan. I was like, let's test this theory out and see if I can get better doing just kind of the most minimal of things. And my thyroid health, my hormone health, I just turned 50 two weeks ago. They said it is like the most perfect it's probably ever been in my adult life. That's amazing. And I, I only say that because I know a lot of women have had a hard time healing still from, and it takes a while from the breast implant illness, but I just want to give them hope. Mm-hmm. I just thought of something, Amanda. When you just talked about symptoms, our whole medical system, as we know, at least in the US, it's all about you know putting a Band-Aid on and not looking underneath. Most people are aware of that. But I just thought of something. When you talked about symptoms being our friend, it's just like what I talk about on this show. What do I say all the time? If you don't really look at the trauma underneath the trigger, you don't ever dig deep enough to figure out, why do I show up this way in the world? It's okay, but it's just whipped cream on shit. You can do mindset work and affirmations and go to talk therapy and it will help a lot but it's never going to get to the root. Just like what you're saying. If you get a medication to take care of that symptom, you're going to look better, but you're not going to get to the root cause. And that root cause, it's going to seep out and cause something else. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. No, I, I totally see that, feel that. I mean, like spiritually too, healing is going to be reflected in your outwardly appearance, right? If we're holding on to anger, we're that is going to reflect on us. I actually have said to friends, and I believe this, since we're moving most of this toxicity, and again, not saying we have toxicity coming from the sky. We have it in our water. We have it in our foods, right? We're just all doing the best that we can. But I said, I almost feel like I'm aging backwards. It's like a light is inside us more that I see reflected in the skin. And that's why like in 2012, I was a little early. I will say that. And it was at the height of my illness. I started trying to infuse holistic health into um, beauty. Because I was like, so it doesn't make any sense to me. How can you radiate beauty on the outside if you're not well on the inside? You can't. It's a mask that people are wearing. And so... I believe it. I do feel like I am actually kind of aging backwards with getting my lymph so healthy. And, and, and one thing I don't want to forget to say, you know, you were talking about the housewives and I'm not picking on them. I don't, I've never even really watched those shows, 
what I noticed maybe 10 years ago was that all these beautiful actresses that I had watched growing up, they were starting to do a lot of facial filler. And I was like, they're looking really inflamed to me and they're looking very puffy and older. Well, so when I had my breast implants, they congested my lymphatic ports in my underarms, in my clavicle and in my pelvis. And I'm a very thin person naturally, always have been. I was very puffy. Like I kept saying to my doctor, I'm like, I look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Like what is going on? Because when your lymphatic is congested, you hold on to toxins. They're not being released through sweat, one of our detoxification pathways. So you're essentially holding on to toxins. So when doctors say they don't understand how women can have breast implant illness, well, I can tell you very easily. That's just one way. I look at the breast implants or the filler in the face because our face is a vast network of lymphatic vessels as well. It's like a, a dam. You know, when debris gets the dam clogged up, what happens? The water stops flowing. So as humans, we are mostly water. What's going to happen when you're putting in these roadblocks, if you will? The natural energy and water flow is off. So I believe, and this is my opinion, that the filler acts in the same way as the breast implants did for me. And that's why it's causing the puffiness. And, and this is not a good thing because if you just keep adding, adding, adding over time, so it's you're, you can't get enough blood flow to the area. Same with the Botox. Yeah, I was just going to say, can you please talk about Botox? I know it's a sensitive topic because there are people that really live pretty clean lives and they are like, look, I just like my little bit of Botox. No hating on this, but let's be honest about it. Will you educate us? What is Botox actually doing? And what are the possible adverse effects down the line from that? Well, and in layman's terms, because you know we could go on and on about it, I will say too, Never in my years working in these offices did I ever have a woman come in complaining of the breast implant illness. That is true. And I think it's because they were going to other practitioners. They weren't relating it to their implants. I've never had any issues or saw anything with women with Botox. And now waking up to all of this, and I follow Never Talks. You probably know Gretchen who runs that account. It's amazing. Well, she has a lot of statistics on Botox. I started seeing in the groups, these women who were sick, sick from Botox, a lot of similar symptoms as the breast implants. It's almost like there's many of them, it's the breast implants. But I'm telling you, in our industry, I know I wasn't seeing it. I know doctors I've worked for weren't seeing it. And they even say, you could have a thousand injections that are safe. Everything's fine. This is what I've literally heard from women who have suffered. And on that very next one, it's just that tipping point. And they have all sorts of issues. I just read something. A man just said that he believes his wife just passed away from a Botox because that's the only thing that had happened in her life recently. And she had a horrible reaction and she passed away. Again, I don't know if that is true, but I know that there are horrible stories out there. This is how I look at it though. If you are freezing an area, there's not going to be that blood flow I look at the muscles in the face like I do muscles in the body because I love working out, always have. Think about like when you put a cast on and you don't work out that area. What happens, right? Like you're not working it out. It's not good. So it gets done. That is why I think you have to massage 
get the blood flow going to the face, just like you would in the body. And so when you inject it, I've really never done Botox. When you inject it, you're saying you can't do that. Not only does it look good, you can't physically get the circulation and the blood flow into that area. Yeah. So all the facials I do, whether that's the Gua Sha tool, which I know you've seen, it's kind of become popular on social media. What are all these things? The buckle facial, where they actually go into your mouth and massage. They have gloves on. Oh, yeah. You just showed me that. Mm -hmm. It releases tension in the jaw, helps with TMJ. It releases emotions. So it's like you're kind of getting like a facial at the same time that you're releasing emotions, which I think is awesome. I do like fascia facials where it's almost like a pinchy feeling, which I know doesn't look comfortable. It's not going to be like your standard relaxing facial. But when you release the tense fascia and you're getting blood flow to the body, it's helping with lymphatic drainage. And that blood flow, think about like when you go out for a run and you've got the nice pink cheeks. What is that? It's blood flow rushing to your face. It helps with marionette lines. It helps with nasolabial lines. Is it a quick fix like Botox? No. But over time, I believe you look better, more healthy, younger than somebody. And it would be great to like do a side-by-side, like two identical twins, maybe one who does the Botox and all of those. One, I've always wanted to do that, who just goes the natural route and see how they look 20 years later. I should do a before and after for me because I want to start doing like some of that, like face yoga, I was just was talking on the podcast about someone, I can't even remember what episode it was, just in the last day or so. So just being honest and laughing at myself. I'm like, I've got all the shit. I've got the Jillian or whatever name, Dempsey vibrating gold thing. I've got the gua sha's. I have really great products, which I believe are good. They're clean. I like the way I look when I use them, but I don't take the time. Amanda, I don't take the time to do, I see the videos on like massage and then you do this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I I have to do that. I have to think about parasites. I have to think about mold. I have to, you know, I just, so I haven't done anything, but I would love to start doing it and then take a picture of myself in a year. It's so interesting because, you know, I don't want to go on too much of a bunny trail on this and make it about me, but I've shared on the podcast and I've shared with you briefly that my journey post-explant has been a little complex because we're trying to like chase, figure out like what heavy metals do I still have in my body? Why am I actually gaining weight? I lost weight when the implants were out and then I've been gaining, gaining, gaining and I've gained 10 more pounds in the last month and I've nothing has changed. But as far as my face, I do have people regularly say to me, you know, you don't have a lot of wrinkles. Like I can't believe you don't use Botox. Of course, some of it's gotta be genetic. Some of it's got to be that there's a product that I used to sell. I don't sell anymore. So I'm not going to advertise it because I don't like the company. But it's a really good whole food, fruits, vegetables, berries, like powdered thing. Mm -hmm. I did that for 13 years. I hardly ever do now, but I feel like that probably helped. Long story short, I'm saying I get compliments pretty regularly on, oh, your skin looks really good for your age. And here's the thing. I don't do anything to it. So it's not, I'm not saying that to say it's all natural. I don't do anything. I'm saying maybe that's the answer. Maybe what you're saying is maybe I'm an example of that because I don't do anything. I've never done a laser. I've never done a, I had a mild light peel at one facial, I think a year ago, and I've had like three facials in my life. I am not great. I never wash my face in the morning. And I found out recently that's good because you want to keep the oils in your skin. I don't wear makeup very often at all. I don't do much. And I just wonder if that has something to do with the fact that I don't have a lot of lines. Now, what I do have, though, 
I'm getting these here. What are these called again? Those are your nasolabial folds. And this. Do you know that oftentimes when people think that they actually need to do lipo under their chin, it's just lymphatic congestion? Well, I'm talking about like the hanging skin. It's like hot lava. Right. (laughs) My neck is falling like hot lava. These things can help. Am I saying that you're not going to have some of that laxity? Of course. I mean, we're human and we're getting older and it's gravity. But I'm just saying for the people who don't want to turn to surgery or don't or have had a chronic health condition and they just simply can't do any of this. I just want them to know like life isn't over. And I think people appreciate when I talk to about like the filters that they're using these days, how scary some of these filters are. Oh, you mean on uh, social media? Yeah. And people taking pictures with them and it's like, oh God, that's so, you know, filtered. And, you know, my followers, I don't even have a nice phone. So it's like, it doesn't even have the filtering capability because I don't like a lot of EMF. So I keep an old, as old phone as I can. But they appreciate it. They're like, thank you so much for not filtering all of your photos. Like, of course, if I do like a photo shoot, they're going to do some editing, of course. But I just don't like that look either of the heavy filtering because we've now all starting to lose sight of what normal even looks like. And then throw in AI and all that that's coming. Oh, yeah. All right. What about Let's do get into the whole lymphatic system and obviously for health in general, but what does that have to do with our looks and how can we empower ourselves with that? Yeah. Well, so I fell in love with the lymphatic system in about 2012. Like I said, I was in kind of the midst of my chronic illness journey. And when Western medicine wasn't working, I turned to Eastern. I was so lucky to find the loveliest man, Dr. Lauren. He was um, a German naturopath. And as you know, like the Germans, when it comes to healthcare, light years ahead of us. And I said, teach me everything I need to know about the human body because I think I'm going to have to save my own life. I had 58 pounds of inflammation because my lymphatic system was completely congested. The fact they couldn't even recognize that as being alarming or a red flag, that then started to really scare me because it's almost like needing help from a fireman and like they just ignore you. Like I'm like, oh my God, these you're the people that we're supposed to go to when we're ill and you're not even getting it, that this is something seriously going on. So he started teaching me about the lymphatic system because that's clearly what was happening. I had congested lymph. The Western medicine docs would be like, oh, you're too young for lymphatic cancer. I'd say, well, why are we talking about lymphatic cancer? Your lymphatic system can be congested for a whole multitude of reasons. So he started teaching me about it. And I said to myself, wait a minute. So while all the systems in our body work together and are obviously so important, why is the lymph not talked about as much? I started to ask some of my doctor friends. I said, did you learn a lot about your lymph system in medical school? And they're like, no, not really. Like, but that's what carries out disease and toxins from our body. And then I thought it was, so so I started learning about it, started seeing that you could go to massage therapists that specialized in lymphatic, the Vodder technique is one of the most renowned techniques, but there weren't many of them. I mean, plastic surgeons know about it because they will oftentimes send their patients to a lymphatic practitioner after liposuction and so forth. But I thought, we need to do this on a regular basis, not just like once in a while. If you have a surgery, you do it. You need to keep your lymph healthy all the time. Your lymph doesn't have its own pump like the heart. 
So it's up to us to encourage our lymph flow. And I would imagine that everybody can be maybe born with, you know, a stronger lymphatic system than others. But as we get older, it slows down and we live in a society that we're sitting down often at the office. We're sitting down to drive all the time. Look at how many people in like in their late 30s, 40s that I know. Like, oh, yeah, I'm 100 pounds or more, you know, overweight. But this is just what happens when you get older. I'm like, uh, no, I still want to work out just as much as I ever did. And so it's just not encouraged in our society. And how else do we hurt the flow of our lymphatics? Sitting a lot, not hydrating. Inactivity. Inactivity. Like I said, for me, it was the breast implants, congesting that, toxins congesting it. It's a rhythmic thing. So to keep your lymph flowing, it's more like a rhythmic, like walking yoga, the mini trampoline, the rebounder. I know that sounds like it might be easy. It's not easy. (laughs) No, it's not. I've got one. It's not. like People talk about doing it for 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm one minute in and I'm like, okay, this is hard. (laughs) Right, right. Hot and cold showers. I mean, you know, like the polar bear where they'll go from, you know, like you could do a hot tub to a pool back and forth. At the end of your shower, go from hot to cold. That's what I do about 10 times. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that for a second. Because again, this is so normal for you. But I know there are people like, hold on, what what are you talking about? So so lymphatic system, right? This is, this is how we, we carry and remove toxins from our body. And a lot of us, it's become, I'll use the word like stagnant. And so what we don't realize, if tell me if this is correct, is that a lot of our symptoms, either that we see now or, or we might see in 10 years, actually it has a lot to do with that. So you can be doing all kinds of things, but if your lymphatic system isn't able to get things out of your body, you're really not doing much for yourself. In fact, you might be hurting yourself. Like for me, for example, what is that term called? The Herx response or Herxing? What is that called? Yeah, when you detox, yeah. Herx response. Right. Mm-hmm. So mine was very extreme and that's when I realized that I was so blocked because I would just go for like a little acupuncture. I would go for like, Um, one massage and I would have physical symptoms that I used to have with my breast implants of feeling like I had the flu, low-grade fever, swollen lymph nodes, exhausted, et cetera. And I was like, what? This just must be me detoxing. And then I realized my body isn't able to get it out. That's why I feel sick every time I do something healthy for myself. So I hear you saying that we're hurting the natural flow of our lymph by sitting too much, by being stressed, by not moving, but also isn't it affected by hydration, like lack of hydration? Hydration, too many chemicals, like I said, when your bucket runneth over and you've got too many, we all have our tipping points. And so, like I say, breast implants might not be a kryptonite for another woman, but the Botox is, or you know, heavy metals or mold in their house. I've never had mold, even though I lived in a very wet environment for many, many, many years. There's always going to be like something that's yours. So that's why we just have to like continue to learn how to detox. A lot of things like hyperpigmentation in your skin. If I knew what I know now, I would say to some of they were experiencing hyperpigmentation, detox. That's the first. There are herbs that you can use instead to try to lighten it. So the lymphatic, I became just kind of obsessed with. And then I found it very interesting when COVID came and I'll just get downloads sometimes. I don't even know if they make sense at the time, but they'll make sense later. I said to the surgeon who removed my breast implants, I said, wait a minute. So you're telling me that we have a global pandemic right now 
when your lymph system, I would arguably say, is your most important link to your immunity and everything else. And we have now at least approximately 24 million women in the world with a medical device in their chest that could potentially be stagnating their lymphatic system. And we already know lowering their immunity because we've seen articles on this during a global pandemic. I think that's interesting. And I said to him, you're going to see, and I heard it from other advocates, like this might be one of the biggest women's global health crises in history. You're going to see people, it's not even going to be whether or not you want to be healthy. You're not going to have a choice, right? Because who knows what's coming next? And we have now, we're more conscious of all of these toxins. We are being bombarded every day. It is true. Like it could make you go crazy if you really, really were aware. I remember, I mean, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, I was doing lectures, lectures. I sound like I'm actually like I'm a professor. I would do talks, free talks all over the place when I was in multi-level marketing, focusing on nutrition, health and wellness and everything I learned I would teach. And one of the things was, you know, that they were finding jet fuel in umbilical cord blood. You know, like this, this shit's been going on for a long time and it's gotten worse. So this may seem like I'm taking a, a three loops back, but I want to go back to one thing. We were talking about contrast showers, the hot and cold. I don't want any of our listeners to not hear that because you see all this stuff all over social media, et cetera, on ice baths. And that is amazing. It's great that people do that. Most people are never going to do it. It can be very traumatizing to get into an ice cold, especially for women and anyone with some pretty significant trauma in their past. And also, it just sucks. And most people aren't going to do what it takes to be able to figure out to calm their nervous system enough to do it. So you mentioned getting in the shower and turning the cold shower on. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because my naturopath told me I can be very, I'll make huge decisions quickly. But if you give me a bunch of advice, it is amazing how slow along it takes me to actually implement it. Like, I may know something for a while. And then I'm like, okay, now I'll do that. Next, I'll do this. I won't do a lot at once. My naturopath told me to do, she calls them contrast showers. That was actually written in the prescription. Eat more protein, do this, do that, contrast showers. And I put it on cold and I couldn't, it was so cold, I couldn't take it. So I would just put my feet in, my legs and maybe my hands. And I can't believe it's been four years now and I still don't do the whole shower But talk to them really quick about what an amazing way. We're in the month of January of 2024. If listeners just said, okay, I'm going to take one thing she said, and I'm going to do it. Tell them how to do the shower properly and what that does for them. Well, and I wanted to say too, I mean, what I learned from that first practitioner I hired, she said, always take gingerly, that's the word she used, gingerly showers. I said, what does that mean? She's like, well, even if you have the best filter system, still knows how much it really filters. And since we talked about that, your skin being your largest organ and you're soaking it in. And so I take the quickest showers. (laughs) I mean, everyone's like, oh my God, you're done already? I'm like, oh yeah, gingerly. Because you just don't want that soaking in. So at the end of my shower, and I like a hot shower. I don't don't think I like the hottest. I will just take the shower knob and go to cool. And don't go to the coolest setting if you can't handle it. You know, be gentle on yourself. Then go to the warm. So by the time you start kind of being like, you're already back at warm again, go back and forth about 10 times if you have the time to do it. That's what keeps your blood flow, your lymph healthy. It's little rhythmic, gentle things like that. And it makes a difference because the lack of blood flow 
is what ages us. And so if you can keep that blood flow going, that's what's going to keep you more youthful. Mm, Thank you for that. All right. So then let's go back to where you were. I apologize for going back, but I wanted to make sure we cleared that up because that's a good one. And that's free. People don't have to buy a product to get the results for that. What I'm trying to teach people too is like, you can't run out and get treatments for all these things. I'm trying to do like DIY things for people. Get that rebounder. You can get one probably at a yard sale for $5, right? You don't have to spend buku bucks to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, someone telling me this, so I used to share it, that if you do some warm lemon water right before you get on the rebounder, I'm looking at my rebounder. It's right in front of me. If I'm really honest with you, I do it like once or twice a week. And it's for a couple of minutes, but I'm like, shit, at least I'm doing that. But to explain to them, why does that work? That's different than a regular trampoline. Why does that help the lymph? Because it's more of like a rhythmic feel. Like I said, it, it doesn't have its own pump like the heart does. So it's up to us. And I don't, I use this term. I don't know if it's really, it's almost like it's a little lever. Like picture that, like for it to fog up, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot, but for it to open up, it doesn't take a lot. It's just like a gentle. And so it's like, you want to do rhythmic and that, Jumping on the rebounder is very rhythmic. Walking has always been my to-do. That's how I got back in shape after my explant. Because being an athlete, dancer, I always knew like whenever you have an injury or an illness, walking, walking, walking. So I started just walking out the door. I had so much inflammation, 58 pounds. But you know, by, by the time I explanted, the inflammation was down a little bit. But I still had a good 14 pounds on me. I just started walking four or five miles a day. I love it. But it's like that rhythmic. Our body doesn't want hardcore. Like I've never been a runner. I just think for me, it's just like too hardcore. I mean, no offense to the runners. I admire that you can do that. But I got to tell you the same thing. I've never felt like that that could be good for women's bodies to run a lot and intensely over a long period of time. I just don't think it's probably good for us. Okay, let's go. I don't want to forget to get back to the face when it comes to the lymph. Because you said that there are ways that we can move the lymph without having to make an appointment for like my lymphatic massage therapist. You're the one who told me to start doing that, by the way, is amazing. And it ain't cheap. And it's a good hour and a half appointment with driving there and back. And she's so booked up. It's it's like every now and then I go and do it. So what can we do on our own? Right. Well, so I partnered with my friend Camille Jones, who is a lymphatic frequency expert out of Atlanta. And we are creating something, a website called Lymph Lounge, where we will have videos to show people how to take care of their lymph on their own. You know, small things, you can see me right now, but just gently pumping at our clavicle is one way to kind of open up our lymph. A place where a lot of people are congested and they don't realize is behind your ear behind your ears. And so moves like this, I'm putting my fingers on either side of my ears and just opening things up in a gentle way. These are all things that you can do when you wake up in the morning, when you're already like, say, cleansing your face or at night when I do oils on my skin. These are ways that we can just take a few minutes to keep things open and healthy. And if you're doing it on a regular basis, then things are going to already be moving and so it won't be so stagnated. So maybe at first, like I tell women when they get their breast implants out, I have them go and have a couple of lymphatic massage appointments beforehand, start getting things open and flowing. So, you know, use a practitioner for that. Go, you know, when you can every three months or so. But we all have to just learn how to do these things on our own. 
So you're not having to, like you say, make an appointment. And a lot of the time, I had patients coming from all over the country, and I would look in their in their area and say, "Oh, here's a lymph person," but you know, it's not that popular yet. It's getting more so, but there are some women in the South that we don't even have anything like this yet. Wow, really? Yeah. So I think it's going to be more and more popular. I have a question for you. I didn't know I was going to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you this. Again, there's always no judgment, but just be totally honest with all the knowledge you have. What is your thought on facelifts? Because I'm going to tell you something. There's no way that's good for you, first of all. Okay, let's just say that. But I've said to people, and I've said on this show, I could see myself being the person that does nothing to my face and then one day gets a little tweaky tweak and tightens up my skin a little bit with a facelift. But when I picture it, I'm like, ooh, that can't be good. So be honest with us. What is the deal with facelift? I mean, again, because I don't want to like say anything that's going to, you know, seem that I'm picking on anybody. I see it even, you know, like, do we not sit here and go like this a little? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like taking She's my- pulling her little jawline up a little bit. Yeah, let's tape it. Right? I will say this. I would rather have a little oomph surgically than do the Botox and filler. See, man, my intuition's on point with this because I even told a, a plastic surgeon, actually, his wife's one of our listeners. She's amazing. They invited me to come in and I had a, in Nashville, Tennessee, I had a um, consult and I had an amazing facial. And I said to her husband, the doctor, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't done anything to my face and I don't think I will. I'm probably the person who's going to walk in and go, can you just like tighten this up a little bit right here and just make a couple little incisions? And he's like, well, it won't be a couple little incisions. But he said, actually, that's not a bad idea. Well, I'm thinking more at the surgeon I worked for who I loved, um, the Russian plastic surgeon, the female, she did a lot of mini facelifts. And I really thought that was such a stunning improvement in patients. The full-on facelift, I, I, I haven't seen as many that I really yeah. <laughs> think look great. But the little neck lift, partial facelift, yeah, even on my shows, I've seen someone who admitted, I'm like, it actually looks amazing. But I think that as much as I would even, I'm not going to do it because I just want to see what I can do. I just want to see if what my theory is right about the holistic facials and doing as much as I can. And again, it's all your genes and it's so many other factors. I just want to see if I, if I'm right about this. I get it. I'm going to start doing some of that. I admit that I didn't feel the inspiration to do it because I thought I looked so good. And with a lot of stress the past few years, and then the whatever's going on with me, they think I might've been exposed to mold. I'll tell you the whole story later, but packing on all this weight and just not looking the same and then I'm a few years older, now that I'm seeing the falling and all of that, it's bothering me more. And so I do have a little bit of different perspective. I'm like, hmm, that's going to be take a lot of extra self-love for that. But I do feel finally inspired to say, okay, it's not going to be a lot of fun. It's another thing to do. But I think I might look into like the face yoga and the gua sha and some of the things that you recommend because intellectually and intuitively, it makes sense to me. In my head and in my heart, I think, okay, it has to help to strengthen those muscles and work that fascia. It it has to at least help. I'm going to age. I'm not trying to avoid aging. I just don't want to maybe age as fast. No, and there are other things, like I sent you, you know, facial taping that can help with those 11s. Those are the lines that women form between their brows. And again, I fall asleep at night. I'm so bad. I even forget oftentimes put my castor oil pack on (laughs) because you know you're so tired at night 
but I know it it works. I know because I know women who do it and it really does make an improvement, but we're just seeing more and more of it. I mean, anybody can look at the people I follow and who follow me on my Instagram. I'm creating kind of like, I want to create this network of holistic estheticians around the world. And I always share in my stories all of their work because they're just doing such beautiful work and they believe in it and they get it. And they're on the same track as me. I was going to become an esthetician when I started getting in the beauty industry. I was going to go to the Euro Institute, which is an amazing school. And I didn't, but I just absolutely love skin, radiating skin, beautiful skin. But it's honestly come from getting healthier for me on the inside, spiritually too. And like I said, I've made it through cystic acne. I've made it through melasma. And my skin looks probably the best now. I just saw my girlfriend who came down for my birthday. And I've, I stopped Botox about two years ago, or maybe a little bit more. And I said to her, but just be honest with me, because she's in the beauty industry too. I said, can you really tell? She's like, no, you look better. Oh, no, your skin looks amazing. Isn't that weird? I really thought like, oh, I can't even imagine what's going to happen next. I can't even tell, Jill. It's so interesting. And you know how much money I'm saving not having oh, to yeah, go through areas of Botox done every three months? <laughs> Let's wrap with, speaking of wrap, a little bit about castor oil. I interviewed my gynecologist, Dr. Muscati, and we talked a little bit about castor oil. I, again, my naturopath, man, Dr. Molly Harmon, you get a shout out because you also told me for freaking years ago to do pet castor oil. I'm like, yeah, I might. And I never did it. She told me contrast showers, castor oil, et cetera. I just started, I think about three weeks ago and I'm committing to it and I'm doing it. I, I did it every day for seven days and I don't know what your feelings are, but my doctor said three to four times a week is fine. Just yeah, like, but, but explain, because you said detox, detox, detox. Besides what we've talked about, and let's review a little bit, moving our body, hydrating with filtered water, you know, pumping our lymphatic system with maybe a, a rebounder slash mini tramp or a sauna, contrast showers. Besides that, let's talk about detox a little because the one thing a lot of people don't know is that your body holds on to fat to protect the vital organs from toxins. So part of me continuing to not lose weight and now gain weight, that's why my doctor's like, hmm, there's something going on. So why why castor oil packs? Well, so many things. So detoxing, again, I want to say it's not a one-size-fits-all. I can't tell you how many women reach out to me. Just tell us the one detox thing we should do for you know getting our implants out. We're all different. It, you know, every, you're different than I'm different in how things affect us. What I realized was when I was sick with my breast implants, I was waking up at 3 in the morning every night. Then couldn't really get back to sleep until it was time for my alarm to go off. And that oftentimes is your liver being overwhelmed. Our liver is what filters everything, right? And I had kept saying to my mom intuitively, I feel like whatever's going on with my body, every system in my body is like slowing down or it's not working as optimally as it should. And that's true. And our guts are always, everyone's guts impaired as far as I'm concerned, unless you're really on top of it whether that be bloating, whether that be gas, whether it be constipation, we all have something going on there. And let's, for all the women who don't have breast implants, for the last little bit here, let's focus just on in general in health, whether they have implants or not. Sure. Most people have gut issues, whether they have implants or not, I believe. 
Right. Absolutely. In our society, our soil sucks. You know, yes, we are all having gut issues. And who'd ever told us to heal your gut? Like that was never talked about when I was growing up. And so if our gut is not absorbing things, let's say like supplements, and I see a lot of people taking hundreds of supplements all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, please be careful of that too. Because then if our gut is not even absorbing it, then how are you even getting the benefits of them? And then what is taking on our liver, our kidneys, all the excess? So when I got my breast implants out, I started using castor oil packs because I read a really interesting fact. And it said 90% of people live off of only 10% of the true optimization of their livers. Now, I understand that, that livers can regenerate, but still detoxing our livers, it's not going to hurt. But I didn't want to take more supplements. So castor oil, I pour it on this little cloth, wrap it around. I use Queen of Thrones. Oh, I do too. I do too. But it comes with the cloth and you wrap it around and I put it over my liver. I actually move it around different areas. I only, like I said, my optimal would be doing it like three times a week. So we're not asking people to do it every single night. I notice I sleep through the night. I sleep soundly. My digestion totally improves when I use it. And I just have more of like an overwhelming, just feeling lighter. Like I even have um, these ultrasounds of my liver once a month to clear out toxins. And I have colonics. And you just feel lighter. You feel like you could... Because that's our livers when they're overwhelmed. Like it just feels heavy. And so castor oil is forever. It has been around forever. I ref- I told Dr. Mazgadi on the interview, and she's from Iran and then grew up in Austria. And she, so she didn't know this, but I grew up in the 70s and we used to watch the little rascals and they always would stand in line and get a spoonful of castor oil. And my mom said when she was little, everybody had a spoonful of castor oil and it was to, quote, keep you healthy. And they would drink it. I mean, it wasn't applied to their belly. They would ingest it. And I know people have used it to regrow hair. And I actually last night put a little on my face just to see what would happen. And I thought, oh, I hope I don't break out. My skin absorbed. I put it on my cheeks and I put it on my forehead Uh last night. Just, I don't know why, I just thought to. And then my little grandson, who's four, had to go number two. And he, he had a tummy ache and he hadn't gone. And man, one, he's, you know, a tenth the size of me. That's why it wasn't like I put it on for the whole night, but I put a little bit on my finger and I put it right on his belly button. He said his tummy hurt just a little bit. An hour later, he had the biggest poop, the biggest poop. I forgot to tell you what Dr. Muscati said to me after we started talking about castor oil is she said, Jill, and here I was an ICU nurse for years. Like there's so much I can't even remember, to be honest. But she said, I'm always asking people, are you pooping and how often are you pooping? I thought it was for other obvious reasons. That's my nurse brain. She's like, no, I'm checking your liver. If your liver's functioning properly, you're pooping. If you're not sweating and pooping, something's wrong. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many Western practitioners, I have a girlfriend who literally would go number two like every two weeks, every three, like one time. And one of her doctors actually said to her, oh, that's just your normal. Yes. Oh, God. I looked at her, I go, oh, girl, that is not normal. I said, you get yourself on a program right now. It's a struggle for her. I swear. We could talk eight hours about this. I mean, there's so many things we could keep talking about. When my kids were little, 
the pediatrician, two different pediatricians told me that it was it was completely normal and healthy that my child pooped every three to four days. That's just how their intestine is. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, no one should be pooping every three to four days. I mean, ideally is two to three times a day. Now, three times might be a little bit much for some, but if you're really healthy, I know people who do. And then we just don't understand because nobody wants to talk about these things. And that's the other thing that like, I realized on my path was A, it needs to be easy because when things get too convoluted and when you're not feeling well and you're sick, you can't take it in. Like I was too overwhelmed to try to understand everything. And, and we can't make it such a stigma attached to this. Like talking about colonics, people be like, ew, that's so gross. I'm like, I think it's gross not to. I mean, and that's just my opinion because I've been doing it. I'm comfortable with it. At first, was I nervous? Yeah. So not, such not a big deal. I don't believe in overdoing it because I don't want anyone to throw off their, you know, flora too much. I like it. Amanda, is that the same as like, again, my naturopath? I need to send her this episode. She's going to go, Jill, why haven't you listened to me? Four years ago, she actually sold me what she sells in her office to do your own coffee enema. Is that the same as a colonic or totally different? Colonic is when they like flush the whole thing out and it's like a machine, right? We don't have that where I live. Yeah, and coffee enemas are excellent. My cousin had throat cancer and totally changed his life, was doing coffee enemas. I know so many people have cancer who really feel like that makes such a difference. It's just, it's a little bit tough to do the first few times and it can be a little bit messy and it's just another thing that's a time consumer. So people don't want to do it. But I totally believe in doing your own at home. Oh my gosh. This has been so helpful. So interesting. Entertaining. (laughs) This has been great. (laughs) You need to keep talking about it because there's so much to talk about. I mean, like you said, we could talk all day. There's so much to talk about. There really is. I appreciate all the work you do. And you do so much for free. You know, you really do. I remember when you messaged me when I found you, when I was getting ready to have my surgery, I said, you need to charge me more. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, you need to charge more. Like, you're so generous and you are you are just an angel when it comes to how many people you have helped with implants, but then now people who don't even have implants just about what we've talked about for the last hour and a half. So thank you for all that. And tell them what what do you have on the horizon? You've got some cool stuff coming. How can they find you? And and just brag for a minute. Don't hold back. What do you have coming? The best place to find me is on Instagram, the Holistic Beauty Coach. And I think we have a lot of fun there. I mean, I have a very active following. They're so lovely when I make posts. I mean, we, we get hundreds of comments, people sharing. So I think it's a really nice vibe on my Instagram. It is, it is. When I got my breast implants out and was given a silicone strip (laughs) to put on for the scars, I almost lost my mind. I said, don't ever let me see you give this to another patient when we've just (laughs) dealt with silicone toxicity. So it was my mission to create a non-toxic breast balm. And the balm not only nourishes your scars after explant, whether you have a lift or not, but it also encourages you to massage your breasts and your lymph. And in doing so, you're also doing a self-exam at the same time. And with such an increase in breast cancer in the world, this is something that's not only for women who have explanted, it's for all women to teach them the importance of that. Because I know that most women are not massaging their breasts at night. And then the Lymph Lounge that I'm creating with Camille is going to be an online community to teach 
the public about their lymph system. I mean, I don't even think that I've seen a doctor or anyone on TV talking about the lymph. So I said in 2012, my download was, you're just going to hear more and more and more and more of this. So I feel like we're really like on the front lines of that. And then there's some other things going on, like with some cool communities, again, online, very high tech that I'm creating like a breast world in one of them that will be everything breasts from amazing people, practitioners speaking about breast health, teaching the public about your body. You can take tests on there. And if you score well, you get credit towards amazing feminine products and so forth. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you for this conversation, though. This was amazing. Yeah, well, let's keep talking about it. 